welcome back to another episode of What's New in Beauty. My name is Nia Lee, and I'm super excited to have you guys here. If you're new to the podcast, of course, this is essentially where I talk about all new and exciting things happening in the beauty industry and just honestly any topics in beauty that I'm just very interested in deep diving into. So without further ado, let's jump straight in. So I've been seeing a ton of people talk about this, especially on TikTok, giving their takes, uh, but I really wanted to talk a little bit more about this news and also just share my thoughts again about Kourtney Kardashian's newest launch of her launching this new lifestyle brand called Lemmy that literally is having everybody in a chokehold on social media. Uh, immediately, if you're looking at the brand online, on Instagram and on TikTok, it's very colorful. It's very Gen Z-esque. But essentially, according to PR Newswire, it's going to be a new vitamin and supplement brand with innovative science-backed formulations that are delicious, clean, packaged in 100% PCR, which is post-consumer recycled materials slash packaging. Uh, essentially, this is a culmination of Kourtney Kardashian's decades-long passion for health and wellness and five years of research with a team of leading scientists, MDs, and botanists to create the cleanest possible gummy vitamins and supplements, which I, you know, I think is quite interesting because I do believe there is this rise in health and wellness. I believe the pandemic really kind of, you know, birthed that in a way. I mean, yeah, you had people who were very interested in taking care of themselves prior to that, but I think the pandemic really allowed people to like look at themselves a little bit differently in terms of like taking care of things that maybe you weren't necessarily focused on before. So things like supplements, like, uh, you know, vitamins, like brands like Care Of or Athletic Greens have really just kind of taken over in a way that's like really dope and cool to see how many people are trying to find ways to allow wellness to like be a part of their lives, but not in like the strict way that we all know. So this is a very interesting thing, especially considering this is something that she seems to be passionate about as well, too. Uh, So she specifically says, After years of struggling to find the right supplements, I embarked on a journey to create science-backed products that you would legitimately look forward to taking every day. As, as well, it was also revealed in The Sun uh, that this new venture is actually a partnership with longtime Kardashian bestie Simon Huck. And specifically, it is all in due of when they actually filed for the trademark back in February, which I'm thinking like... I'm sure the trademark is still like in lieu of like, you know, going, but very interesting to me to see when they eventually like get the trademark for this because it takes a while for trademarks to actually, you know, fully come together. But very interesting on that front as well. So Lemmy itself is going to launch three gummy supplements formulated with clinically studied, globally sourced ingredients. Of course, they're vegan, cruelty free, non-GMO. Uh, No corn syrup, glucose, gelatin, the whole nine. So this is really supposed to be free of any artificial sweeteners, synthetic colors, and sugar alcohols. They all are going to be 30 bucks. And they all have cute names to them, which I like as well, too. So the first one's Lemmy Matcha. They also have Lemmy Chill and then Lemmy Focus. The Lemmy Chill one is about, like, de-stressing, essentially. Uh, The Lemmy Focus one is about concentration. The Lemmy Matcha, which Matcha is having a moment right now. It's actually had a moment, I feel like, for the last, like, two years or so uh you know it's very interesting to see how like a lot of the stuff that seems to be coming from this brand gives off this very like 
again, very like heavily Gen Z influence. Like we're just creating things. Yes, there's, you know, I'm passionate about it and I've been working on it for five years, but it still very feels super like colorful and almost like Y2K-esque with the bright colors. And it's an interesting thing as well, too, because I wouldn't necessarily say this is like Courtney's brand. Like, you know, you can sit here and say the Kardashians. Yes, they're marketing geniuses, whatever you want to call it. But the real thing that I'm really just kind of look forward to is like they understand how to like mold themselves to fit whatever the standard or whatever the society slash mainstream essentially is like into currently. And I feel like they essentially when it came down to branding was like we need to create something that is very Gen Z focused, very colorful, almost Y2K-esque, very nostalgic in a way, but like cute and also something that people are going to be like in a way like very excited to kind of use or have on their, you know, have in their kitchen, have in their cabinets, have on their dresser because yes, we kind of want this to be like a fun thing instead of like the sleek, you know, monochromatic black slash white vibe that like Kourtney Kardashian has even with her brand Poosh. And I also think this is interesting as well too because Lemmy actually has a partnership with Carbon Fund, which is essentially offsetting the footprint of every Lemmy shipment. And specifically with One Tree Planted, they are committed to planting thousands of trees every year to restore forests and habitats and make a positive social impact around the world. Uh, Specifically as well, too, it was also announced that with Lemmy, especially, you know, after they launched these gummies, that there might be a production of like bags and purses, totes, wallets, clothing, uh, possibly even games toys and sporting goods which I feel like that is really like the essence of that lifestyle brand especially like cornering each market because if you're getting like toys and games involved like you're entering into a whole other universe of like kids right and I'll be interested to see how this kind of again fits with this whole like ideal of you know lifestyle and specifically how People are slowly but surely wanting to do more like wellness things, but they specifically want it to be fun. I feel like there's this there's this wave of beauty brands trying to like interject fun into, you know, the normal things that we do normally when it comes to taking care of ourselves. But going back to my original point about it being very, you know, Gen Z and when I say Gen Z you might probably thinking like that's such annoying that I keep saying it but like everybody knows what the Gen Z aura is right it's very like it can be a little bit over the top it's very in your face uh there's a colorful element to it that you know feels very like oh my god like this could appeal to a young person uh but at the same time it could also appeal to someone like myself who's like in my late you know mid to late 20s who likes very colorful and fun things and is looking for something, you know, that's not so serious because like vitamins and supplements like that has the look right. They are specifically disrupting that industry. And I was actually watching a TikTok video and I don't remember exactly where it was from, but essentially they were talking about this guy who is a founder and he's made tons of brands and tons of products. But essentially what he does is he creates brands and companies by taking a thing that is in society already that people already love that's like boring and basic and he goes out and makes it like 10 times more exciting and fun and cool Uh, and that just comes down to branding at the end of the day right and I think that's really what this is (laughs) I really feel like this is a branding play more than anything like I really do feel like nothing super duper innovative I mean like the let me matcha let me chill uh, you know that you know all of that there's stuff already that exists in the 
market like that. So I just feel like this is another quote unquote brand on the Kardashian belt, another opportunity for them to make more money if they, you know, as if they already don't have enough. But at the same time, this is an opportunity. It seems to be that Courtney has that, you know, is now diversifying her portfolio even more. Uh, but I will say as well, too, especially with the latest backlash with the whole like boohoo collaboration that he that she did and how so many people are saying that this is greenwashing fully and like there wasn't a lot of sustainability or even taking into consideration about like the clothing itself and like that look doesn't look so good for what's going on with Lemmy considering this is supposed to be this like ethical clean 100% PCR packaging materials well thought out brand where it's like that's cool that you're doing it over here, but like what's going on with your other partnerships? And does that make people say, well, maybe I don't want to support her because it seems that most of the things that she seems to be doing are for a cash grab outside of her starting Poosh, which was, I believe, this online platform where she shares like tips and gets into wellness and she has contributors and the whole nine. At the end of the day, you know, when it comes to the Kardashians, like I don't really have an opinion on them too much in the sense of like I try to keep them out of sight, out of mind. They're everywhere and everybody in every which way is trying to scarf them down your throat. <laughs> but I feel like when it comes to like the business moves that they're making, specifically in the beauty world, everything always seems very cash grabby to me. Like nothing has ever really felt genuine, even right down to like the Kylie lip kit stuff. I always feel like it is screaming like we, yeah, we're coming up with this brand and sure it took however many years, but it's something that we're just kind of throwing together and we hope that people are going to buy it. And we know people are going to buy it based off of our name, not because the products are innovative, not because anything they're bringing to the table, you know, hasn't already been done before. Um, if anything, they are creating things that have already been done before, but are just slapping their names on it. And so many people are, you know, actually buying it. And I just find that to be a strange concept altogether. But the brand actually launches on September 27th on their platform form lemmylive.com which is their website i could obviously see them maybe even launching an app as well too i could totally see that being something dope especially if they're looking to get into tech but it'll be interesting to see what people's thoughts of lemmy is i'll be excited of course to see the the marketing rollout fully she hasn't uh, actually posted too too much it's just been you know pro promotional photos here and there some behind the scenes stuff on tiktok but it'll be interesting to see how everything comes together with that and you know hopefully again i don't have to talk about the kardashians again but every every moment in, you know in time they come up with some other you know bs stuff that they want to you know scarf down our throats and we're just all lemmings and we're just all gonna you know buy it and such well i can't i'm i'm not a lemming but i know so many people are when it comes to the brand and what it is that they put out and are hoping that it gets them close proximity to them in which like y'all wake up but <laughs> all that to be said Congrats to Courtney. Congrats to the team. And I'll be excited to see what the good people, you know, on the interwebs are saying about Lemmy. Now, jumping right into the next topic, it is all about Allure revealing the winners of their coveted Allure Best of Beauty Awards. This is actually really exciting for me to see because so many brands that I follow, you know, were announcing that they won these awards. And, you know, some brands did promos and some brands, you know, made videos. Hailey Bieber made a cake. Like, so many people were sharing their their sentiments and their exciting uh, moments for these awards and it was dope to, as well because you can tell Allure like put together like marketing materials for social <laughs> which is really smart by the way like 
when brands are like giving out awards or making big deals about this stuff for, you know, or when these corporations are making these big, big, big deals for their publications and certain things like that. It's really dope to see them like make it such a thing and to see how many people are just so happy for this type of accolade. And there's tons of brands who I know and have used, uh, you know, I actually won these awards. So I'm excited to actually go through them. There was actually 345 products that won awards this year under categories such as hair, makeup, hot tools, scents, breakthrough steel, splurges, and so much more. Uh, so many products, so many things. I'm going to go through a couple of them as well too um, and talk a little bit about some of these processes as well because it seems to be that like the whole like this is a huge thing for Allure. So it seems to be as well that this is such like this is a this is their like Emmys. This is their Oscars. This is their Olympics. This is like the beauty Olympics in a way. You know what I mean? But it's really dope to kind of see like the behind the scenes and what it actually takes for these editors and for the, you know, the entire Allure team to actually pick these winners. So Jumping straight in, let's do hair. Uh, notice some, again, some notable brands on here. I also noticed a lot of like old school brands that were on here, which is really interesting because, you know, I always thought, you know, Allure, yes, they've been around for decades. But to me, I think what makes them stand out is that they've always found a way to be relevant. Like, you know, everyone, you know, talks about Allure Meg and all that, but they've been really able to really branch out and really have this like strong online presence. And you can tell that with the awards just straight off the bat. And then you can also tell that as well, too, uh, with their Allure store that they launched as well a couple of years ago and how they've been able to really stay like relevant in today's beauty society so much so that like these best of beauty awards are a big freaking deal <laughs> so again just really wanted to stress that out uh, and just really say more so than anything like I'm very very excited for a lot of these brands that won uh, for hair like I was mentioning uh, Brio Gio Head and Shoulders JVN Pattern Pattern Beauty won a award for their hair pick which I had no idea Pattern Beauty had a hair pick but I thought that was really interesting as well too and some of these uh, not some of these awards I'm actually going to talk a little bit more about uh, from my own personal experience with them. So I'm VB excited for that. But shout out to Pattern Beauty uh, for winning for their hair pick, which I had no idea that they had one. And I thought that was really dope and really cool. Uh, so shout out to, to Pattern Beauty and shout out to all these brands here in the hair care category. Again, I'm just naming a few of them that definitely stand out to me. Uh, breakthrough, which I thought was really interesting as well, too, and giving a snapshot into what it actually takes for these breakthrough awards. Uh, so essentially, Essentially, it takes half a year to crown Allure Best of Beauty breakthroughs through a process that equal, that's equal parts uh, fun and involves more than switching and swatching lipstick and saying pretty. Uh, specifically, they say after culling from over 600 submissions, holy moly, we landed on 40 finalists, then a panel of 20 expert judges made up of makeup artists, hairstylists, colorists, dermatologists, and cosmetic chemists pour over the product claims and accompanying clinical studies and took them out for a spin while the Allure editors did the same. So very interesting to know as well, too, that they're bringing in other experts who are not just the Allure team itself to actually like judge what is actually going on with pretend 
particularly within these, you know, nominees in a sense or these submissions, I should say. Uh, And then they say 100 packages and maybe two phone calls to UPS to track wayward deliveries. Uh, They gathered all the feedback. They got in-depth intel to approximately 35 interviews and 250 plus emails later. And as an end result, seven products were actually, uh, you know, chosen within that time. Uh, Well, they said seven products that aren't just the best at something. They're also the first at something, which I thought was really, really dope. So right off the bat to me, uh, you know, some of the brands that won for Breakthrough were YSL, Dyson, Maybelline, and particularly this product, which I have to talk about because I was literally on Sephora's website two days ago looking for this product and watching reviews on YouTube, which is Vanessa Myrick's Yummy Skin Blurring Balm Powder. So I don't even know what was going on in my brain. I think I just decided to go on the Sephora page just to kind of see what's new, what's exciting, because I had a couple things. I've been watching these beauty brands launch products, you know, for the past couple months and brands coming out with new launches and stuff like that. And I always love new launches. I love to see what's new and exciting. So the Danessa Myricks, the the yummy skin blurring balm powder was a product that I've been I had heard so many people talking about and I saw it went viral on TikTok. I saw tons of people using it. So I decided to kind of like tap in because I had even on YouTube saw a bunch of people who were also talking about this product and everyone was going crazy because the shade range was excellent. Of course, you know, shout out to Danessa, but people were talking about the universal shade that people were saying was amazing as a primer and it's someone who has oily acne prone skin you know I gave up primer years ago but I don't mind a little blurring I don't mind a little smoothing a little bit to make my my makeup look a little extra smoother you know what I mean so and I've never actually bought anything from Danessa Myricks as well too so this was you know I was very excited to kind of tap in and see what it was so I went on YouTube I started looking up you know who the people were you know what who the people were that were actually talking about this product and then who were actually trying it out and for me I was looking for women who had my same shade so so again, I was looking at these reviews and I literally I was about to put this thing in the cart and I wanted to actually get the universal shade, but they are actually sold out of it. So I put an email in for Sephora to notify me when it's back. And you best believe I am getting it when it gets back in stock because the amount of love that this product has gotten is absolutely amazingly astronomical and like to me it is such a testament to who Danessa Myricks is she's an artist she is a creator she is a founder she is somebody who understands that like you know even when makeup was having a little bit of a slow moment during the pandemic she stuck to her guns and she made really great makeup products continuously and she has been for the last I want to say the last like 10 years now or maybe even more and to me what's really awesome is that one seeing her excitement you know from the team and everything but more so than anything I'm just really happy that a product like this as innovative as it was won an award uh, and just to see the amount of love that it was getting prior to all this again is a testament to allure for again having their pulse on what's going on in the beauty world and yes you know tons of people are involved in these processes but I think what people are actually saying out in the world and on social and on TikTok and you know publications this product got a lot of love and so I'm really happy you know and congrats to Danessa for winning specifically for this awesome product I honestly feel like it's probably one of the like the best products of the year essentially you know I feel like everybody and their mom is talking about it so many people are in love with the product as well too so I you know again I and this is even more of a sentiment that immediately as soon as I get that email I will be putting it I'll be putting it back in my cart and buying it because at this rate 
I, I got to stop playing around. <laughs> like I really have to stop playing around. So shout out to all the winners there. Jumping into skincare, Rose MD, One, Bioma, Gisu, Beekman, 1802, Cetaphil, Human Race. Uh, again, some really dope brands in here as well. Uh, skincare, you know, was a big, big category. And it was just really dope to see, again, some like notable indie brands that I have been like had having my eyes on for such a long time. Uh, Rose MD is sold in Sephora, but I've tried out their products in the past and they are absolutely immaculate. Uh, like more so than anything, just high quality products. Definitely a little bit on the pricey side, but they should be because they're that good. Uh, Bioma was definitely one of the breakout brands of I believe it was this year maybe it was like late last year that got into Target you know their specifically their cleanser for the for their acne cleanser won this award um, and it was just really dope to again see you know another affordable indie brand in a sense you know that really had the opportunity to to win these awards again just launching recently um, and just getting so much love by people on social and I think again that is something that's really taken in consideration with these awards as well too it's what are the people saying you know what I mean? And it shows, again, that Allure really kind of is, you know, as much as they're sitting there and reviewing and going through all the tests and the submissions and making sure, you know, that certain judges get it and so on and so forth. Again, it's more of an indication that they are actually taking in what's going on within the culture itself, uh, specifically the beauty culture. Body, Elta MD, Bath and Body Works, Touchland, which was really dope to see as well, too. If you've never heard of Touchland, they you've probably seen their really cute hand sanitizers that are like customizable and colorful. So that was really dope to see. Another product that I love and that one in the body category was the Topicals High Roller Ingrown Hair Tonic. Listen to me, y'all. I have had my eye on that product for such a long time and I decided to finally bite the bullet and buy it. I believe I bought it a few months ago. It is the real deal. Like it is the real freaking deal. Like it is so good. It does work on ingrowns. As someone who doesn't, I wouldn't say I shave them like often. Like I you typically, <laughs> I'm telling all my business here, but I typically shave when I got to shave. You know what I mean? And specifically I just always get ingrowns no matter what I do and particularly around my bikini area not so much my actual armpit area or like anywhere else on my body but that this product this ingrown hair tonic is the real deal it works it's solid and I'm actually like this is a huge like thing for me that like I'm saying this about topicals because I tried out their coveted faded serum that everybody and their mom was obsessed with and talking about and I hated it I felt like it didn't do anything and it was kind of funky a little bit a little stinky <laughs> but like this high roller ingrown hair tonic is the real deal it is the real deal everybody should pick it up it is serious you can it's multi-purpose you don't just have to use it you know even on the body itself like there's so many other ways that you can go ahead and use the actual product and so shout out to topicals for winning that award because they absolutely deserve it because it actually works like you know sometimes we get caught up with these you know beauty products and we buy it because of packaging or we buy it because it's like adjacent to a celebrity but like can we just buy beauty products that actually, you know, focus on the fact that they actually work? Like, that's the main thing. So shout out to Topicals for that. They had a sensitive skin category as well, too, or a sensitive uh, actual category, which I thought was really dope. So CeraVe won in that category. Vichy won in that category. Necessaire won in that category. Uh, they had base makeup as well, too. So again, some other standouts from Westman Atelier, NARS, One Size, uh, Deck of Scarlet, which was really dope to see because I... 
I remember when Deck of Scarlet was just like one of those like brands that YouTubers would always like have as sponsorships. <laughs> like to know that Deck of Scarlet has been able to evolve over these years and, you know, outside of just like a subscription, like they've launched products, they've done collaborations to see them like in this just is, again, a testament to the brand itself for how long they've been around and how they've been able to evolve and innovate. Uh, Live Tinted was on this list as well, too. And then, of course, the iconic I can say it's iconic at this point, which is the Rare Beauty Soft Pinch Liquid Blush, which like if you have been living under a rock is probably one of the most talked about makeup products of 2021. And I'll even chalk it up to 2022 because I can't like people keep talking about this blush. And I always say, I have to tell, always have to tell my rare beauty story because like, you know, I wouldn't say I was gatekeeping it, but like it wasn't my MO to like tell everybody about it. But when Rare Beauty launched, I believe it was almost like three years ago now, maybe even four, I could be wrong. But actually, let me double check when Rare Beauty actually launched. But outside of that, you know, when Rare Beauty launched, I remember their rollout was very particular in the sense um, was like they tapped into YouTubers at the time when YouTubers were still like in here. Like now they've all moved over to TikTok. But when these YouTubers were still like in their YouTube bag, they specifically tapped influencers, particularly influencers that I watched to try out the rare products. And I, I believe that the, the moment I finished watching those videos, I added a whole bunch of stuff to my cart and I bought a whole bunch of rare beauty stuff. I bought their blushes. I bought two of their blushes. I bought two of their matte lips and I ended up buying a highlighter. Love the highlighter. Hated the lips, the matte, you know, soft. I hated those. They were horrible. I returned them immediately. But the blushes were always a standout. And I've had those blushes now for, I think, almost like three years. And like the product is still as pigmented, y'all. The product is still that good. And like you don't need a lot, as everybody and their mom says at this point, is like is the most pigmented blush on the market. And it's just so good. And like everybody knows that now and again when I found out about these blushes and heard they were you know going viral and all that kind of stuff I thought it was so interesting because I was like yo I've been on these rare beauty blushes like holy freaking moly but it was just dope to see that everybody was like super excited about you know the blush itself and how I believe I feel like that's probably one of rare beauty's like best like top selling products at this point and you'll notice that as well too because a lot of these publications and even Sephora as well too they have sections on their website that talk about like viral products or like you know TikTok maybe buy it kind of segments and you know categories and this blush is always on that list like always on that list always in that category uh, and so you know to me it's like shout out to them Honestly, shout out to Rare for one, creating just like solid good products. Um, but at the same time, you know, just coming up with innovative again products. And, you know, yeah, I feel like people love it, obviously, because of the Selena Gomez element, but the products are just good, y'all. And the actual blush itself, like I said, is a game changer. And like, if you have it, then you know that. <coughs> Whoa, holy moly. All right. And going back to it, Rare Beauty was actually launched in 2020, I believe. So, yeah, it launched in summer of 2020. So in the pandemic, y'all, which is insane. So finishing off again, some of my faves from the Allure 
best of beauty awards they also had a steals section which like they categorize as like drugstore slash budget friendly and the ordinary one saint ives rosen skincare shout out to rosen elf cosmetics flower beauty and nyx cosmetics again and again these are all the winners but I wanted to highlight, again, the brands that I was familiar with and just wanted to say congratulations to every brand that was able to win. Like, I know Ami Kole had one as well, their mascara one. And just, you know, I'm just really excited and happy that, like, I feel, and I said this on my stories the other day, that, like, makeup, you know, beauty has always been a thing, but I believe, like, things like makeup, for example, have made such a comeback, you know, that every brand is launching some sort of, like, you know, eyeshadow or skin tint or mascara. And just to see how much people revere these brands and to know that, again, like I said, Allure has so much, like, clout in the sense of, like, people being so happy for these awards. And I think, like, it is such an honor as well to even, you know, be in that category. And then, of course, to even have that opportunity to win. And I think so many people have, you know, said time and time again when it comes to beauty, you know, everyone's just trying to figure out where they fit. And we've been saying time and time again that the industry is saturated and this, that and the third. But I think there is always going to be a place for these standout beauty products that are in this market, whether it's hair, whether it's makeup, whether it's skincare, whether it's body, whether, you know, it's any, you know, section of it. And I think what's just really dope is that everybody just was on the same page about being excited about this. Like I said, this is like the Super Bowl of beauty. (laughs) This is the Oscars. This is the Olympics. This is like a really exciting time. And so, like I said, congratulations to everybody that won. And I'm excited to see what happens for the next year. Who knows? I was saying as well, too, that, you know, I wish they had like a subscription box category, but I know Allure has their, you know, beauty box, their best of beauty box specifically, or their Allure box. So, you know, it would be interesting to kind of see if they'd ever have like a subscription box category kind of element to it because I totally think oily could be in a category like that but you know I'm just throwing my hat in the ring there (laughs) and last up I'm really really excited for this topic because to me you know I'm, I'm gonna find ways to circle back to it you know in relation to other brands and what they've been able to do but Specifically, it is announced and it was announced that Hero Cosmetics was acquired by Church and Dwight for six hundred and thirty million dollars. I know y'all very, very expensive. (laughs) But according to Forbes, uh, the uh, Hero Cosmetics team is thrilled absolutely thrilled and ecstatic to have found a new home with Church and Dwight, the behemoth manufacturer behind Arm & Hammer, OxyClean, and Nair. The co-founder and CEO of Hero Cosmetics said, we expect that we'll accelerate some of our growth plans like continued U.S. expansion and growing our international footprint while tapping into some of Church and Dwight's infrastructure and back office capabilities. And this acquisition with Church and Dwight marks a huge milestone in our company's history and I'm super excited to unlock more growth with them. And so if you need a little bit of backstory about Hero Cosmetics, you've probably seen their iconic pimple patches literally all over the place, whether they are, you know, on Amazon, they're killing on Amazon. They have like literally thousands of views, thousands of actual views, but they've hit the retail, you know, 
market with these pimple patches and have completely taken over. I mean, like everybody and their mom knows about Mighty Patch. Everybody knows about Mighty Patch. It's a very affordable product as well, too. And, you know, it became such a popularized product, so much so that it actually allowed Hero Cosmetics to actually launch other iterations and variations of the pimple patch itself, like face patches, for example, um, and the Mighty Patch Invisible Plus. And it was actually named one of Allure's best beauty winners in 2020 as well, too, now that we were just talking about Allure. But altogether, you know, the brand has launched other brands in pimple care, right, with skincare and body care. And just having this entire holistic view about just what it means to, one, normalize that the fact that, you know, breaking out is like part of the deal. But if there's something that we can do to kind of essentially help that or, you know, when it comes to a pimple patch, like, you know, no one ever wants to feel, you know, self-conscious when it comes to having pimples. And it can be a very self-conscious thing. And I feel like Hero Cosmetics normalize that. And I think, you know, even though it's something simple as a hydrokeloid patch, so many people did not know that was an option, right? Because we were all putting toothpaste on our face or we were all burning our skin with St. Ives apricot scrub or an OxyClean pad, you know, to try to get rid of whatever blemishes that we had. And I just thought, When are people going to create things that are going to, you know, yes, help us treat the pimples without us completely damaging our skin, but also the fact that like something like a pimple patch is something that's been going on in beauty for such a long time. It's just now we're putting an actual name to what it is. But all to be said, according to Forbes, again, the founder will continue her role as co-founder and CEO post-acquisition. And she specifically said, I had no idea that the news would be so celebrated across the community and industry. It feels amazing. It feels amazing to book this win for the team at Hero and also for the community at large. She says, I can't wait for Hero to tap into churches and Dwight's resources and expertise, but I'm also eager to show them what Hero can do with our digital prowess in which they've literally killing it on social. Like I said, everybody and their mom talks about Hero Cosmetics, whether it's influencers, whether they're doing paid partnerships, uh, whether again, it's just anybody and their mom who just finds their products, right? And loves them because they actually do work. And you've, again, like I said, you've probably seen them because you've seen people like, you know, unveil their, their pimple patches with the white gunk all sucked up out of it. And it's honestly so therapeutic, guys. I'm not gonna hold you. I don't like watching a lot of pimple popping videos, but watching somebody peel back a pimple patch that has all the gunk on it is very satisfying. I don't know what it is. It's kind of gross, but is very, very satisfying. Um, and altogether, you know, this also sparks this conversation that I have going on in my brain that I've been seeing a lot of other, you know, other big, big companies looking to acquire beauty companies, right? Or just, you know, these, you know, companies that have solidified themselves in beauty. Like Estee Lauder is in talks to acquire Tom Ford, you know, this other brand, I believe it's called Amore Pacific, is essentially in talks to buy Tata Harper. And, you know, so many people have thoughts about this whole conversation of like, you know, these big conglomerates or these big private equity firms or whatever buying, you know, beauty brands and so on. And the biggest thing that I see a lot of people get into is, oh, my God, when this person acquires this company, what's going to change, right? Oh, they're not going to be cruelty free anymore. Oh, they're not going to be, you know, sustainable or there's always some sort of uproar. But what I notice is specifically, and I want to tie this back to, you know, the honeypot that I spoke about uh, a few episodes ago and about how the honeypot, which is a personal care brand, you know, there was a rumor that got put out that they sold the company 
And a ton of people were really, really upset about the fact that, you know, the actual founder uh, or the co-founder was actually like in talks of selling the company, even though it was a complete rumor that was started. But even outside of that, you know, the company was a black owned is a black owned company. And, you know, there was this whole uproar about them not being a black owned company anymore because they sold. Right. And Hero Cosmetics is particularly owned. The co-founder is also Asian as well, too. And to me, you know, I saw the uproar of celebration. I saw a ton of people championing this, you know, big, big accusation. And sure, the, you know, the co-founder is still going to be there and everything's going to remain as normal. But when I look at this, I think to myself, well, where was all that energy and excitement for the honeypot? It felt like everybody decided to go negative first. But even with Hero, everyone decides to go positive. And I get it, you know, industry dealings and so on and so forth. But what I do notice is, you know, there seems to be a little bit of a, I don't want to say hypocritical, but there seems to be like a double standard a little bit with, you know, black owned businesses and like the possibility of them being able to be acquired and the fact of them, quote unquote, selling out. And the way that I look at it is people don't look at the CEO slash found co-founder of Hero Cosmetics and say that her company getting acquired for six hundred and thirty million dollars is her selling out. Right. And people don't look at, you know, Tom Ford is selling out if Estee Lauder decides to acquire them or people don't look at Tata Harper and think, oh, they're selling out because, you know, this other big, big brand wants to actually buy them. But that doesn't always seem to be the case for black owned businesses. And, you know, I do think even having an opportunity happen like this for Hero Cosmetics, you know, they've been at work. Right. The brand launched in 2017. They've literally been killing it. Their growth is exponential. So they deserve getting acquired, especially if that was the move they were supposed to make as well, too. But, you know, I will say in a sense, there is privilege there as well, because the founders have tons of connections and they're able to make those moves. And yes, the the numbers speak for themselves. Their growth speaks for themselves. But I think sometimes, you know, you know, you can chalk it up to the fact that like the, the playing field is never always going to be leveled for black owned businesses, particularly in the beauty space, specifically if you're also a woman as well too which i find more there's more beauty black owned woman beauty founders particularly than there are in like any other kind of sector but what i'm really interested to hope and see is that what will be the tune of other brands who get acquired is it celebration or is it aka you're selling out right and with hero cosmetics you know i saw the overwhelming support and love and like people using it as a case study and saying like this is how you do it and i thought it was really interesting because everybody was just ready to champion in which you should you should be celebratory of this moment but you know it makes me think as well too as a, a black woman beauty founder myself you know who's you know i'll say this when you create your brand, right, and, you know, sometimes you, you know, it's not always the best to attach it to the, like, this thing, quote unquote, culture. And it could, you know, other brands can benefit from it. I've seen it happen time and time again. But it depends on what the culture is, right? And particularly when it comes to black people, you know, we want to have certain things be a certain way, you know, act a certain way, say a certain thing, and so on and so forth. And at the end of the day, you know, 
there just seems to be so much more rules and so much more red tape. And with Hero Cosmetics, you know, I don't know the intricacies of how they were able to, you know, get this acquisition or, you know, I don't know the intricacies of Church and Dwight and how they acquired Hero. You know, obviously it was for a good chunk of money, 630 milli. But I think realistically, this also makes me think about the other brands that are out here that are, you know, building to sell. And that is a reality for a lot of companies as well, too, is that, you know, a lot of these beauty brands, you might think, you know, oh, you know, they're here, you're going to be here forever and so on. And that might not always be the case. I mean, look how many brands I've spoken about on What's New in Beauty that went bankrupt, right? Like BH Cosmetics or like Marc Jacobs slowly but surely trying to, you know, selling out their stuff because they're looking to, you know, change over their ownership from Sephora to somewhere else. Like, or even Fenty, like there was this big talk about like Fenty not being at Sephora anymore because they were selling at Ulta. Like there's so many moves that get made in the business world that I think not a lot of people understand. But realistically speaking as well, like this is a really cool opportunity for Hero Cosmetics to know that you've been able to build something from scratch, right? Since 2017, and now your company, your you know, your, your company is worth $630 million. Like, you know, nobody knows what they're doing in the beginning. Everybody's just trying to figure things out as they go. And I think this is a really cool testament to brands out there to know, again, if you make the right connections, if you have the right people in your corner, if you're able to create something as well, too, that's really dope and that the market hasn't seen before, that this is your opportunity to say, okay, like, let's really do this thing fully. And so Hero Cosmetics, again, I think is a testament to that. And again, their growth and being able to literally be everywhere and loved by so many people to see, again, them make this transition. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the company changes throughout the years uh, afterward or even currently as well too in 2022 now that we're here. And, you know, people have the same thought processes when L'Oreal acquired Youth to the People, right? People were like, oh, I don't know if they're going to be cruelty-free anymore. I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, people had their panties in a tizzy a little bit. But what I do think, you know, matters at the end of the day, and I think a lot of these big, big companies, you know, these big corporations understand, is that even if you are choosing to acquire these companies, it's not in your best interest to completely overhaul everything that these companies have been doing because we live in a time now where people are so vocal. We live in a time now where like you know your brand could be hot today and like canceled the next and so I think it's in the best interest of a lot of these companies you know like the Church and Dwight's and the L'Oreal's and the Estee Lauder's that when you do acquire these indie brands or these brands that you know are real doing amazingly well and you know you're paying upwards to millions of dollars for it not to come in and overhaul not to come in and completely change things around because why would you do that like why would you do that like the actual founder, the co-founder and the CEO still being on as the co-founder makes complete sense. What makes complete sense? Because why would you have something be completely different than what it what it is that you actually bought it for? Right. And so, you know, I think this, again, is a true testament to anybody who has a brand currently right now. And maybe you have thoughts and ideas about wanting to sell your company one day or you want to build something so much and put your blood sweat and tears and someone's offering you millions of dollars you know maybe even billions depending on how awesome your brand becomes to say hey we want to buy your company but we still want you in the fabric in the ecosystem of what it is that we do I look at that as a win-win y'all building a brand is hard 
being a founder, being a CEO is hard. Like people make it look real good. And I know we're all obsessed with like the celebrities starting their own beauty brands and stuff. But you got to remember that a lot of these people are like the face. Not a lot of these people are doing the day in, day out logistics. And a lot of these brands that, you know, you know, grow to these levels, like they all start out by doing the day to day logistics and everything on their own. Right. Unless you're a big celebrity like a Sierra or a Rihanna or a Lady Gaga or a Selena Gomez, you know, you're not going to have the clout that other people are going to have. So you got to figure out other ways. You know what I mean? And not even really about that. You just have to have a really good product, have really great connections and find those individuals who can give you those resources and put you in the room to ensure that like you're in the standing of building a really solid brand because that's really what it's going to be at the end of the day. And then you get an opportunity like this when somebody's saying, hey, your company is worth this amount of money and we want to buy you. You know, we want to buy it and we <laughs> we don't want to buy you, but we want to buy it because we think that we can make it even bigger than what it is. Right. Because I don't think anybody, you know, who buys a really successful brand is saying, like, let's buy it and turn it into something completely different. Right. I mean, we've we've seen it happen where, you know, again, big conglomerates, big organizations and companies will buy brands and they'll, you know, they'll go downhill. But we've seen other things as well, too, with these big, you know, again, corporations who are buying these indie brands and are allowing these indie brands to still operate in that sense. It's just, you know, now they're acquired by L'Oreal you know, but these, these individuals are still on the team. They're still co-founders. They're still very part of the fabric of like how the company is successful, you know, for years and years and years until they're ready to do something else. And I just think that's where things are going. Like expect some of your favorite beauty brands, skincare brands, makeup brands, one to either close down because they don't got any money, (laughs) right? Because that's a reality or to be acquired by some of these huge conglomerates who are, you know, are looking to add to their portfolio because, you know, look at Revlon, for example, right? Like Revlon doesn't have the smoke, right? Revlon didn't have the smoke. But if they made the decision to acquire some other indie companies underneath their belt, they probably could have stayed afloat. But no, they they wanted to compete. And, you know, there's only a few of those really big brands that are competing, you know, and doing the damn thing like the Olays and like the CeraVe's and, you know, like Maybelline and, you know, those there's certain brands like that have, that have been able to really stand the test of time. But a Revlon, it's like, mm, you know, you got to find another way. Right. And like I said, L'Oreal is acquiring indie brands underneath their belt. Right. Even some of these retailers, the Targets, the Ultas, the Kohl's, right? They are finding ways to stay relevant because they realize what we've been doing for such a long time isn't going to work anymore, right? There's new beauty brands being launched every single day. Innovative beauty brands that just aren't where they're supposed to be fully because of resources and money and viewership and exposure. But if a big company decides to say, hey, we love what you're doing and we want to buy you out, right? That is that's like, that's okay. (laughs) Especially considering if that individual feels like, okay, like my time is up and I'm ready to do something else. Right. And so I, you know, I've said a bunch of things within this, but I just am so happy for Hero Cosmetics. I'm happy that they came out with something super innovative and have been able to grow exponentially since 2017. And again, I'm just happy for anybody who builds something and puts something out there into the world And then just do good stuff, right? You do good work, you do good stuff, you make good products and people love it fully, right? And 
a brand, a company, an organization sees that and wants to be a part of that in some way, shape or form. Right. Because we're all you know, we're all doing this. Yes, because we want to change the world in some way, shape or form. But we also want to be noticed by the masses. Right. Hero Cosmetics wants to be everywhere, which I you know, in my brain, I think that they are. But maybe they're not. Maybe they want to be in more retail. Maybe they want to be killing it in other areas. And now they're able to go ahead and do that. Right. And I think, again, it is a true testament that it can really happen to anybody. But again, right connections. You need to be in the right room at the right time. Make a gosh darn it good product um, and find a way, again, to be in the rooms of those individuals that can, in a sense, change your life. Because, you know, a lot of the people within the Hero Cosmetics team, like they have those connections for a reason. Right. And who knows what's going to happen to, you know, any other individual, you know, in the ecosystem of Hero Cosmetics as well, too. And I can say that about any brand, right? A lot of these brands that y'all love, a lot of them came to be because they were execs at big beauty companies and then decided to launch these brands, right? They have clout in the industry already. They have connections already. They were, you know, you know, marketing managers or directors or, you know, partners or uh, journalists or editor in chiefs at some of these big beauty publications that are now coming out with product and are, you know, really doing the damn thing. And it's just really dope to see how many people have been able to make that transition. But again, what I've just noticed is a lot of people are, you know, shocked by this whole conversation of acquisition and other you know big conglomerates buying companies and so on and you know I think at the end of the day we were all like able to make decisions on like who we want to support and who we want to give our money to so I always say put your money where your mouth is right y'all can have your twitter fingers all day all long but the reason why these companies are successful is because of you right heroes cosmetics doesn't have a company worth 630 million dollars if not for all of us regular people out here buying their products and getting them to that scale and giving them the reviews and you know so on and so forth right so that's really just like the makeup of everything everybody is you know here to do something and they're you know in one way shape or form to create really dope stuff and other people are noticing that and other people want to acquire it and again add it to the portfolio and you know, I love that, you know, the co-founder and the CEO is staying on as her role. And it seems to me that this is going to be a really, really dope. Um, specifically, this is a really, really dope just like transition for, you know, anybody who has built something from scratch and is now making the decision to sell it, but is still a part of the process of the brand and whatever now they, they decide to go ahead and do post hero cosmetics let's just say people will be a part of that journey because we're all in it together in a sense you know what I mean like we're all part of the fabric of that so shout out to hero cosmetics congrats to all their success and I'm excited to see what more beauty acquisitions come up for 2022 and 2023 and beyond because I have a feeling more of this is going to start happening but slowly but surely you guys know I will always keep you updated with that but until then, y'all, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of What's New in Beauty, and I will catch you in the next one.